This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 144. And we're back! Of the In-Between Podcast, where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina Im. Yes, we are back. <laughs> it's been <laughs> After, a few months. <laughs> and by few, we mean three. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> exactly. So today we're going to be talking about what 15 years of marriage has taught us because we just actually celebrated our 15th anniversary. Yeah, 17 years of knowing each other, but 15 years since we officially tied the knot. And if you could do it all over again, what oh, choice would you make? <laughs> come on. <laughs> exactly. Every day I would make the choice to marry you over ah, and over and over so again. <laughs> well, enough of the bleh. Yes. All right. So, so if we're connected on social media, you probably know what's happened in our lives, a bit of it, over the last few months. Yes, we've also gone a little bit quieter on social media because we needed some time to be able to rest and to grieve. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Daniel's dad passed away from his 16th month battle with cancer mm -hmm. uh, back in May. Right. Yeah. That seems so long ago and such like the yesterday. That's how yeah. it feels like. Yeah, that's right. And so with that, we just really needed some time to be able to even collect our own thoughts and to be gentle with ourselves, show ourselves grace. As y'all know, both of us are Enneagram threes, which means that we can just go, go, go. Yeah, repress to, our feelings, mm -hmm, push them down. <laughs> for sure. And just run to the finish line. However, that always comes at a cost. And that cost would mean that it would just put us to a standstill. It would take us down. There's a saying that the body never lies, mm -hmm. right? And so if you've gone through trauma, if you're experiencing trauma and you try to repress it, well, your body is going to find a way to give you signals that, hey, I am not happy. Yeah, so right. maybe that means sleepless nights, clenched jaws, for us, usually it's our back that gives mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. and also that we explode at each other or our children. And we've done that before, right, Daniel? And honestly, it is not a fun time. It is not good for anybody. And so we decided to be proactive this time instead of reactive and really practice what we preach just to be able to take some time away. Yeah, that's right. So after a few months, we decided, you know what? We love the podcast and we love y'all and the community that we've been able to build through the in-between podcast. So we actually wanted to relaunch it and we decided to change a little bit of it moving forward too. Mm -hmm. So while we were away from the podcast and social media, it doesn't mean that we were just twiddling our thumbs. Yeah, that's right. We were really praying about the vision and the direction of the podcast as well as our lives. So while we were paused on the podcast, I actually went and got my Gottman certification for the seven principles that make marriage work. You'll hear more about it as time goes on, but it's a tool that I really wanted to invest into our myself and into our podcast family to be able to further give you the tools to build a marriage and family that y'all love. So as a result, starting from today, we are going to be introducing a new segment called Today's Tool. 
At the end of each episode, we'll highlight a marriage or parenting tool that you and your spouse can use today. Underline the word today to build a marriage and family that you love. There is so much amazing relationship information out there, right, Daniel? Yeah, that's right. But if we don't apply it, if we don't practice it, then it's kind of like expecting a house to be built just by looking at the blueprints. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever built your own house, you totally understand, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> You right. are just waiting and waiting and waiting, just like we are still waiting for our cupboards to come in from Ikea. That's true. That's true. Man, that's been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> Half-finished exactly. laundry room. Right. All right, so just one more change before we get into what 15 years of marriage has taught us. We used to release an episode once a week. There was a season where I think it's exactly when the COVID, when the pandemic started, where we decided to go twice a week. (laughs) (laughs) More time at home. Yeah, that's right. Uh, But with all of everything that has just happened and another change in our lives is I've become the lead pastor of our church, Beulah Alliance Church in Edmonton, Alberta, since our last episode as well. So with all of that and with Christina continuing another year homeschooling our kids, we decided uh, that what we could handle was an episode every other week. But when we do those episodes, that is when we're going to be introducing today's tool. So yes, twice a month, you got homework now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and we're such gracious teachers. A little teachers. bit more jam-packed too. Yeah, that's right. You got two weeks yeah, to exactly. do the homework. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we wanted to begin with a story about a couple that is very, very dear to us. Mm-hmm. Now, before you think that we're gossiping about them, <laughs> they did give us permission to share this story with y'all if we kept them nameless. So we'll respect their wishes. Yeah, so we're not like subtly talking about you if this hits you right at the heart. (laughs) Right, but don't worry. It's not about you. Yeah. (laughs) So this couple we know have been married for seven years. They have two kids under the age of three and a cute little puppy. He is a pastor and she is a stay-at-home mom and also heavily involved in church ministry alongside her husband. From an outsider's perspective, they really do have a wonderful marriage and family. He works hard to provide for the family. She works hard to create a safe haven of a home that welcomes everyone. And both of their heart's desire is to see the lost and broken come to Jesus. Well, this couple confided in us that while it looked like their relationship was healthy, they were actually frustrated, exhausted, angry at each other, hurt, and confused. They were in the middle of a huge decision that would potentially uproot their family to move to another church to serve a community where only 2% of the population professes to be Christian. It was a huge opportunity to impact the kingdom of God, so the husband said. The wife, though, couldn't shake the feeling that there were some very apparent yellow flags of caution. Month after month, neither the husband or wife could come to an agreement of what they should do, so they eventually began feeling like their relationship was eroding. Their once lighthearted conversations were now filled with criticism and defense. Could you please questions were now replaced with how could you statements. They tried the whole don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, but that turned into many sleepless nights on opposite sides of the bed, crying themselves to sleep. They even tried to use the active listening techniques of saying I statements instead of you statements, like I feel instead of you make me feel. That ended with even more tears and frustrated screams as they quickly learned that they could covertly get their point across as long as the sentence started with I instead of the word you. 
And yes, they did pray together, but secretly in their hearts, it was a prayer of, God, please change my spouse instead of God, please change me. This went on for six long months. Neither of them felt loved, cared for, listened to, respected, or cherished. Silence with each other became their MO, and while the dreaded D word was never spoken, they were growing further and further apart. Their marriage was imploding. Oh, yikes. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? Hmm. Well, if you haven't guessed it already, this story is actually about us. That's right. (laughs) This was a state of our relationship eight years ago, going down the path of living parallel lives instead of intersected ones. Literally, by the grace of God, we were able to find our way back to one another and begin the journey of restoring trust and love for one another. It took a long time, longer than both of us had hoped, Mm -hmm. but we are so thankful that we chose to stick through it together. And while God has restored our relationship and redeemed our brokenness, we do have two regrets. Number one, we regret not going to both individual and couples counseling because there was a lot underneath the surface that we were not addressing. And number two, we regret not taking the time to learn some tools that ultimately could have helped us invest into our relationship long before any crisis came. And that brings us to right now. For the rest of the time we have with y'all, we wanted to leave you with a really practical way to invest into your relationship today. Because storms in your marriage will ultimately come. Maybe they're here right now. But it's how you prepare for these storms that makes all the difference. Well, after studying thousands of couples for over four decades, Dr. John Gottman found that the difference between happy and unhappy couples is how often they turn toward each other instead of turning away from one another. So imagine this scenario. You and your spouse are watching a show on Netflix to wind down after a long day. Your spouse is scrolling through their social media, which you hate when they do that while they're watching, and you suddenly hear your spouse gasp as they discover some bad news about one of their friends from years ago. You can do one of two things. You can turn towards or you can turn away. Now, we're not just talking about the physical aspect of turning towards and turning away. We are also talking about emotionally and even verbally turning towards or turning away from your spouse. So turning towards can be as simple as acknowledging what your spouse has said to you. You could say something like, oh, goodness, that's awful. I'm really sorry to hear that. That kind of response will let your spouse know that you listened and cared about what they had to say, which in the end will help build up positivity in your relationship. Or you could roll your eyes and say, this is why I always tell you not to check your social media at the end of the day. You get so stressed out and it stresses me out. And then you continue to watch TV. That would be an example of turning away from your spouse and it won't make your spouse feel heard or understood. Yeah, so it's important to remember that most acts of turning toward are actually small, everyday gestures of appreciation, understanding, showing affection, and kindness. So even if your spouse says something like, hey, look how fluffy the clouds look today, and you respond with something very simple like, oh yeah, that is an act of turning toward. Yeah, because you love clouds. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's a real life example from us. <laughs> it is. It is. No joke. Like, And honestly... There are many times where you're like, yeah, so? <laughs> like, oh. Turning away or turning? <laughs> turning away. Exactly. And then other, other times where you weren't even like, oh, yeah, I see this. I see that. Oh, yeah, you're right. What do you like about the clouds? Is it because of this or this? No, you don't even have to do that. All you have to do is go like, yeah, you're right. They do look nice. 
Mm-hmm. And that would be an act of turning toward. Right. Mm-hmm. So how does it make you feel when I turn toward instead of turning away? Well, when you turn toward, I feel very affirmed. Even if it's about clouds. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so funny. And when I turn away. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just feels like you're rejecting me. So, right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so imagine continuing to feel these small little rejections over and over again it's like death by a thousand paper cuts Mm, that's a good way of putting it so this act of turning toward your spouse is important because it makes a deposit into what dr gottman calls your emotional bank account the more often you turn toward your spouse's bids for connection the more you are depositing into your relationship when conflict comes which it always does Spouses that have positively invested into their emotional bank account tend to give each other the benefit of the doubt during conflict. They tend to show more grace and understanding toward one another because they have a positive perspective and outlook upon their relationship. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. But when you turn away from your spouse, what's happening is you're actually making a withdrawal from this emotional bank account. And if you continue to make withdrawals when conflict and difficulties arise, well, spouses tend to question each other's intentions and then feel disconnected or even feel lonely. So just like a real bank account, a zero balance is trouble or a balance going down towards zero uh, there's a ton of stress that gets added onto you and then a negative balance is really you know you're in a default you're it's danger it's, yeah, exactly danger, danger zone. sirens going off right yeah. uh-huh. so y'all know how we like to get into the nitty-gritty of things we wanted to leave you with three practical ways you can practice turning toward your spouse today are you ready Well, if you don't have a pen and paper handy, make sure to go to inbetween.org slash episode 144. That's inbetween.org slash episode 144 to grab all of our show notes, including these three practical ways you can turn toward your spouse today. So number one, express appreciation daily, not monthly, daily. Every day, think of all the ways your spouse has turned toward you or made emotional bids. Perhaps they texted you at work to say that they are thinking of you or they spent a few minutes asking you about your day while you did the dishes together. The goal is to remember these positive deposits and then to express appreciation for them. Philippians 4.8 gives us a wonderful description about what thoughts we should be dwelling on. We're reading from the message translation here. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. So instead of simmering on the ways our spouses, quote unquote, failing, what do you think would happen if we expressed our appreciation for what is true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, and beautiful about our spouse? Yeah, the second practical way that you can practice turning toward your spouse today is to communicate understanding. 
When your spouse makes a complaint, don't try to solve the problem. Whoa, say that one more time. <laughs> Are you just making me repeat it because I... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Communicate. You know oh, yeah. I know. I know. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm getting better at it, I think. Hopefully. We both are getting yes. better okay. at it. Okay. All right. All right. So the second way is to communicate understanding. So when your spouse makes a complaint, don't try to solve the problem. The goal here is to express that you can understand why they are frustrated. So seek to understand, not to solve. Say that again. Seek to understand, guys, not to solve. If your spouse is happy about something, share in their excitement. You know, sometimes it's easy to forget that our spouse is part of the body of Christ too. So like it says in 1 Corinthians 12, if one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. We feel loved when we feel heard and understood. And the more you do that, you are building an emotional connection between you both. You are both building up the body of Christ. That's a beautiful picture. Well, the last way that you can practically turn towards your spouse today is to be physically and verbally affectionate. For example, kissing, holding hands, hugging, and cuddling are all opportunities to make deposits into your emotional bank account. Can you say that one again? <laughs> I'm just joking. What, which one do you want me to underline? All of it. <laughs> okay. So lots of deposits into yes, our emotional bank right. account. That's what you want, right? Yes. Well... You know what? Research proves why you like this. One study of more than 70,000 people in 24 countries found that couples who report having a great sex life kiss one another passionately for no reason whatsoever, cuddle and say, I love you every day and mean it. Solomon and his wife didn't need a research study to show them the power of a kiss. Listen to Song of Solomon 7. Yes, and yours are too. My love's kisses flow from his lips to mine. I am my lover's. I am all he wants. I'm all the world to him. Come, dear lover, and there I'll give myself to you. My love to your love. I dare you to text that to your spouse today. <laughs> Not even, ref ref you know, referencing Song of Solomon. <laughs> Just text your spouse. Right. We'll put it in <laughs> our show phrase. notes yes. even, and you can copy and paste. Like, yes, how easy exactly. would that be? Yeah, yeah. And then... Maybe go like from... You know, yes, and yours and our two. My love's kisses flow from your lips to mine. Right? Don't say his lips. Because you're like, who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was this for me? <laughs> yeah. I am yours. Uh, I'm all you want. I'm all the world to you. Come to your lover and there I'll give myself to you. My love to your love. I think you could probably just do the last sentence, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Come to your Come lover, to your lover and there I'll give myself to you. My love to your love. Like if you got a text from me that said that. I would be sending lots of emojis back. <laughs> Coming straight home tonight, yes, honey. Yeah. Right now, right now. There you go. Yeah. So in summary, today and every day, invest into your emotional bank account by continually looking for ways to turn toward your spouse instead of turning away. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick, and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.